Hi there, I'm Jack Morafi, and after many years of traveling to over 100 countries, I'm passing along my experiences to you. Join me, the affluent traveler, as we travel to the Champagne region of France today. Stay connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music and feature videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com. Stay connected. Do you listen to the TV on high volume or have trouble hearing conversations? Then you would benefit from hearing aids. Don't waste thousands on expensive hearing aids when you can get Nano's revolutionary technology just $347. Don't be fooled by higher priced hearing aids. The CIC Recharge is a true hearing aid, not an amplifier. With rechargeable technology, many customers say is superior to more expensive models. Call now and get not one, but two nano hearing aids for just $347. Plus, we'll add a portable charging dock and ship your order absolutely free. The CIC Recharge has a tiny in-the-ear canal design that is nearly invisible. Why keep missing out on important conversations or waste thousands of dollars? Call and get two CIC Recharge hearing aids for only $347 and free shipping. Call now. 800-896-9704. Again, that's 800-896-9704. Stay connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music and feature videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com. Stay connected. Champagne tastes much better after midnight, don't you agree? Purred Louis Jordan in an old romantic movie. And where would Ian Fleming's high-living spy, James Bond, be without his Bollinger, 69 Grand Anay, if you please. I came to Champagne to taste the bubbly, but also to learn more about the ancient land of northern France. But first, a little history. After the defeat of Attila the Hun in 451, way back, the Romans, who were victorious, decided to stay in this very pleasant area. The wine they drank had to come from Italy, so they decided to plant vines to make their own. Rass Cathedral, which is in the heart of the beautiful Champagne country, is the most revered place in France's spiritual history. 27 kings were baptized here, including Clovis, the first king of France. The roof of this building was made of lead, and in the First World War, the Germans set the roof on fire. One of the eyewitnesses at the time talked about a river of hot liquid gushing out of the mouths of the gargoyles just as a similar scene occurred when Notre Dame, the Paris, had a fire on their roof only a few years ago. And by the way, the Rats Cathedral roof was restored under a grant from J.D. Rockefeller of the United States. Now, about Champagne, the wine written about by such different writers as George Bernard Shaw and Ernest Hemingway. It is wine that is served at life's most important moments. It's unique and unquestionably the finest sparkling wine in the world. There's a major reason that the wine tastes like it does. The Champlain uh, region was once underwater, and I mean virtually 600, 800 feet below the plain, there is a huge cavern of chalk, which goes up to the lower level of the soil. This dates from about, oh, millions of years ago. The Romans found it. They used the white chalk as building blocks for even the cathedral, by the way, as the chalk hardens when exposed to air. But the chalk lends a particular taste to the wine. 
I had the privilege of taking a little train through the caves, passing more than 10 miles of bubbly belonging to Piper Heinzig. It was literally surrounding uh, and resting, as they call it. It was a pleasant trip, and the average temperature was about 50 degrees Fahrenheit, just the same temperature recommended by your wine store. Uh, yes, they know these things. The Champenois, as they're called, discovered how little it costs to rest the wines, and they've been doing it there since 1768. The wines enjoy the proper coolness for about 15 months to three years for vintage champagne before they're taken to uh, the cellar and sold. Now, tasting champagne is another world as it starts life as an ordinary wine. But it was a Benedictine monk, Dom Perignon. Does that sound familiar? In 1668, he was working on improving his vineyard when he found a way to have a secondary fermentation occur in the bottle. Come quickly, he said, icy stars, and voila, champagne was born. Only three grape types are used by law to make champagne, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and the third, Pinot Meunier, but it's not known as much as the other two. The harvesting is still done by hand, and usually in October. The grapes love the colder climates and the drawn-out ripening season. The combination of rich soil and a certain balance of acidity makes perfect wine. About 8% of all sparkling wine comes from France, and there are strict laws about labeling that would take a few days to spend with you. But more importantly, you should know, champagne is a blended wine. The more old vintages a winemaker has to work with, the easier it is to maintain a particular characteristic consistent with a wine's taste. Dom Perignon, for example, has a nutty flavor that many people like. 70% of the grapes that go into champagne are red grapes, so it's important to have them pressed quickly to release the white of wine of the grapes, or white the liquid of the grapes, sorry, it's not wine yet. Strict rules about every step of the way apply. Only the first two pressings may be used for champagne by law. Now comes the tricky part, the blending. The must, this is what happens when you put a bunch of grapes together in a vat. It starts to bubble. It starts getting heated, and it converts the sugar in the grapes to alcohol. Another chemical process called malolectic fermentation occurs naturally when most champagne grapes when others do not. The big companies use wines from between, believe it or not, 50 and 200 communes, and sometimes as much as 50% of the vin de réserve, the old wine. The old wines have been salted away for the vintner to make the blend they require. Next, before the wine is bottled, a measured dose of sugar, believe it or not, and specially designed yeasts are added. A temporary cap goes on the bottle, and they're placed upside down so the impurities collect in the neck. The bottle, by the way, has to be strong enough to take the pressure similar to that of one of the tires in your Ferrari. The bottle is turned continually to prevent the lees, which are called little pieces of dead bacteria cells, from causing a non-clear liquid. Then the neck of the bottle is frozen, and they take the bad stuff out. This is called a great word, disgourgement. <laughs> okay. Most people like bone-dry champagne, and that is what the word brut means.
Tasting champagne. All champagnes are clear and should not have anything floating in it, for sure. The color should be pale straw. As the wine ages, it becomes more and more golden in color without going to the really dark side like mahogany. The nose should be fresh and grapey. The taste on the tongue should be very dry and crisp and of a lightness to it. You can actually smell the grapes that went into it. It should be biscuitry-like, tastes like biscuits, and smell yeasty. That is a desired taste. The bubble should be small, the smaller the better. They should start at the bottom and go all the way to the top. It should have a long finish, as the wine guys say, See how long the taste lingers on your tongue. And that's the idea of a finish. There's a little ditty in England that says, If the aunt of the vicar has never touched liquor, look out when she finds the champagne. Thanks for joining me, Jack, the affluent traveler. This is the first session of my series called Fine French Wines and Regions. Watch for more in the series on this and other channels of H2O, the streaming network. Stay connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music and feature videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com. Stay connected.